0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. burkreviews.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm Jonathan Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr.
1: Hello, hello.
0: And how you doing, Corey? You
1: know, I'm doing okay. I'm so glad it's the weekend. I didn't think I was going to make it.
0: Oh, how come?
1: It just seemed like a really long weekend. Uh, You know, after working in customer service for so long, I totally believe that people are crazy around the full moon. And Wednesday was just so bad
0: Mm. and
1: i know that's what it was
0: (laughs) ah i didn't even realize it was a full moon on wednesday so (laughs) (laughs) and you work with teenagers holy heck (laughs) it's been a week um you know i i am uh constantly under some type of thought or pressure or something sometimes self-inflicted and yeah uh I, i didn't even realize that the full moon had came and gone but um, I, I could believe it. It's, it's been a week. Uh, in fact, it's been almost two weeks since we last spoke, uh, because we recorded rather early um, for our last episode where we talked about The Exorcist. Um, and that said, we should at least mention, uh, this episode is our last episode for the month of October, which means it's our last horror movie before we switch to our new theme for next month. Um, this episode, we're going to be reviewing Starry Eyes from 2014. Uh, We'll get into all the specifics about that film in a little bit. Um, We go spoiler-free, if you've never listened to the show before, with our review, and then we do go in-depth with spoilers, but that will be after a spoiler warning. Um, In the meantime, we like to catch up and talk about what we've been watching, which I don't think we'll talk about everything we've been watching since it's been two weeks. I've seen a few things, Um, but have you seen anything that you want to bring up, Corey?
1: I am going to talk about the things that I can remember. <laughs> okay. I um, saw The Shining at mm. uh, Boise Classic Movies at our Egyptian theater. Nice. And that's always fun. Yep. I went and saw The Night of the Living Dead, the 50th anniversary.
0: Jealous of that. I,
1: I was one of the three people in the theater. And I don't know. Are they? I don't know. Because sometimes Fathom events will do them for one or two weeks. It
0: mm. I It varies.
1: I would say if it's still, if it's screening again, go see it because I especially love the um, interviews at the beginning and they have Romero's two sons as oh, well cool. as people who worked on the film and it, it was one of my favorites. Like it only, I think it's actually equal to the inf- the stuff they put before uh, Dark Crystal mm. recently and they have like really fun, cool trivia at the beginning, so I say get there early and try to see it if you can. Um, I don't know if I talked about this because it hasn't been a million years, but I watched Pet Sematary 1 and 2. And not a movie, but I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House, and I love that shit.
0: Which is the Um, new uh, Netflix series, right?
1: Yes, and it is so good. So good. Um, Worth the hype. And not a movie also, but I went and saw a live production of Rocky Horror Picture Show last night. My first time seeing a live production
0: of it. Is that something they do every year or just something that uh, happened to come through for you?
1: We have a local, uh, like, community theater called Stagecoach. And I think that they do it every year, but I've just never gone. But I think that we're – I think I'm going to try to make it an annual thing because it was so fun. Mm. And we all got up and did the time warp <laughs> after the <laughs> guest, Um, you know.
0: Yeah, that's – I actually am very familiar with that song because um, – at uh, Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando, Florida, they used to do that in one of the performances. Um, maybe it was Halloween Scream. It might have been Halloween Scream, but I used to see that. And uh, every year we would sing that. Uh, we would go to the show, and they would have that performance. Um, and I've never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that is one song I'm very familiar with. Uh, I, I keep meaning to watch it, and I just I, I feel like I need to experience it at this point. Like go to a theater, watch it with a big crowd um but buy a I, prop bag a prop bag
1: yeah cuz um so usually people you i didn't know if they were going to allow them last night since it is a live production and i mean they wouldn't want their actors to be injured or you know whatever but uh yeah you can either buy one most places sell them or you can bring one uh uh you get a water gun that you spray you squirt when uh it's supposed it's raining in the movie or the show mm. uh, newspaper to cover your head, rice to throw for the both of the weddings, uh, gloves to snap, uh, cards to throw up, uh, toilet paper rolls to throw. Also, it's really wow. fun. Yeah, it's like intense.
0: I didn't know any of that. Um, so I yeah, that's I why I haven't like gone to it as an adult and as a kid. I just was never interested in it. Um. I've seen a lot uh, for the most part Um, I think since the last time we recorded I've seen Bad Times at the El Royale which I like a bit Um, I watched Slither uh, the James Gunn film which was my first viewing and I enjoyed it a lot it's twisted Nathan Fillion is so great Um, I saw First Man which I was not I did not connect with and I I really wanted to but it just it didn't click for me it's not a bad movie it's just I I found it to feel very slow um, and not in a good way uh, I was checked out through most of it, and that's not normal for me with a Chazelle film or with a Ryan Gosling film, so, um, disappointed to say the least. Um, I saw the new Halloween, which I liked, uh, for the most part. Uh, It's not, um, it's got flaws for sure, but, uh, it was, it was a fairly good time, despite having kind of a crappy crowd that I saw it with. Um, the Sisters Brothers, which was the, uh, joaquin phoenix jake gyllenhaal john c Riley, and um riz ahmed film uh, it's a western i liked it it's not it's listed as a comedy and that's uh maybe stretching it a little bit to call it a comedy there's funny moments in it for sure but calling it a comedy is is really reaching um i think i uh, saw so what might be my favorite documentary of the year um and that's what? the year yeah i know uh that I saw, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Um, but this documentary is called Free Solo. It is unbelievably compelling and stressful. Um, I didn't know anything about Free Solo, what that was, or what the movie was even going to be about, Um, but Big Tuna kind of convinced me to give it a shot. Uh, He'd heard really good things about it. We were both kind of blown away by it, but it is, uh, Free Soloing is climbing a mountain with no ropes, (laughs) and the solo part is doing it predominantly alone without like really telling people that you're doing it so ultimately uh it's very very risky it's uh super you know dangerous because if you die uh you're you're well if you fall you're gonna die most likely and this guy uh alex is the focal point of the documentary he has his eye set on climbing el capitan at yosemite which is a three thousand foot wall basically Mm -hmm. um it has never been free soloed it has been climbed but with ropes and such and you kind of see the whole process that he goes through, and um, you know, planning because there's a lot that goes into it. It's not like you just walk up to a mountain and you're like I'm going to climb this. Uh, but it was super compelling. The the cinematography is really really strong. Um, I was engaged the whole time. I mean, I was like interacting with this movie at points. I threw my arms up in the air. I think like three times. I was laughing. It's it's they found quite a character with the uh, this documentary. So if you get a chance to see Free Solo. I do think it's a documentary that pays to see it on the big screen because some of the cinematography is so uh, massive. They're, they're filming these big landscapes and these shots of them climbing a mountain. I think seeing it on the big screen is definitely the way to do it. Um, I saw The Old Man and the Gun, the new and supposed to be uh, last Robert Redford film. Love that movie. Uh, Casey Affleck is really good in it. Um, I saw The Oath, the Ike Barinholtz written, directed, and starring movie with Tiffany Haddish. Uh, political satire, quite dark. I- I enjoyed it very, very much. I got to go see Mid-90s, uh, this past Ooh. week. Um, the new- uh, the Jonah Hill directorial debut film, um, which stars Sonny Soljuk, who was in, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer last year, which was, um, the, the yo- Yorgos kid. Lanthimos. Uh, no, he's not the creepy kid. He's the- he's the little kid. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but, uh, Mid-90s is- It's a character study more so than anything. Like, it's not very plot-driven, but I had a really great time with it. Um, I really expected it to be, like, heavy nostalgia, and I've said this in my review, but uh, I was surprised because it doesn't lean into that. Um, It's more just about, like, connections and, like, I I said, like, a surrogate family, Um, you know, the people we connect with and click with. Um, And then just before recording this podcast, I just watched uh, Summer of 84, have you heard of this movie, Corey? No. It's yet another attempt to capture that '80s nostalgia um, that Stranger Things seems to have started. Uh, I, I, I believe this movie has upset me to the point where I am feeling like on edge right now. Like I'm feel like, oh. really, really frustrated and like aggravated. And I don't for sure know if it's the the movie or if I was already aggravated when I went into the movie. I'm not sure at this point. But uh, I I did not enjoy this movie. It's only an hour and five. I'm uh, sorry, uh, 105 minutes. So just over uh, 40 minutes, oh. and um, not 40 minutes. I can't speak. This is how an I was hour frustrated. Five minutes. Hour and 40 minutes is what I'm trying to get out, but it's just not happening. I, I I feel like the movie takes a good hour getting to the point where it finally does something. Most of the rest of the time, it feels like um, a really crappy episode of Scooby Doo. Um, trying to be stranger things in my opinion which is funny because big tuna uh recommended this film and that is not a shot big tuna and i don't always see eye to eye but he you know there are many movies that we see completely eye to eye on uh and this is one of those things where he really likes summer of 84 but he hates stranger things what i love stranger things i i hated this movie i think um ultimately the, how it,
1: do you hate stranger things
0: you know sometimes it's things just don't click uh I felt like this movie's dialogue was really, really, really rough at times. Like it, not even the writing, just like the the way it's delivered and, and edited. It feels kind of generic. Um, oh, there is the forced nostalgia stuff, uh, which I mean that's in Stranger Things too, but I don't know for some reason. It might be that I'm just more aware of nostalgia since Stranger Things, that people are cramming like, it more and more into stuff. But
1: but I feel like they make it so effortless, like it just is what it is, you know what I mean, in and the 80s.
0: I felt that way too um, when I watched Stranger Things. I'm wondering if that's because it was uh, new? No, I mean, I felt like you're saying that it was it just was there. Um, but I'm wondering if that was because it was such a like new... It's not new. I mean, nostalgia has always existed, but it, like that 80s nostalgia being so heavily, you know, like they're nerds, they play Dungeons and Dragons, they have Ghostbuster costumes. If it was just such a familiar thing the first time that somebody did it, that we were just like, okay, great. And now anything that's coming from the 80s that is just like throwing in random little things feels less organic. Um, and it's almost, you know, a lot of things, I think a lot of films are getting set in that time period now, too. Because you don't have to worry about cell phones, you don't have to worry about the internet, and so it allows you to craft a story that can build more suspense. Because much like Stranger Things, these uh, the kids are rocking um, walkie talkies, and it I don't know I just I just felt like it was dragging to actually get to anything. Um, there are some moments that are strong. There's some good acting. Like I don't feel like it's any one thing, and that's. I am worried maybe I just went in, like, not really. I I was excited about it. I rented it. It was on a Voodoo, had it on sale for 99 cents to rent. So I I grabbed it. I was, you know, going into it. Um, Looking at IMDb, it doesn't have many reviews. It's only got nine critic reviews, and it's sitting at, like, a 54 Metascore, which isn't good. You know, it's not good, but it's also not horrible. And that's, like... I don't think it's a poorly made movie. Like, it looks okay. I do think, and you might disagree with me on this, Corey, but it's definitely heavy in the eighty synth um,
1: oh, I s- uh, score.
0: I like it when it's done well. It, to me, it just was so trying to make you feel an emotion that wasn't there. Like, it wants you to feel intense or scared, but, like, nothing is going on to feel intense or scared. But the music's telling you it is, and it was just, like, nonstop. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't care. About nothing is happening right now, like it's mm-hmm. it's all like pseudo um suspicion and then I don't know i it's it's got a mystery element to it, but I, it does not it does not have a mystery like there's the kids are playing detective there's a serial killer in in their community, and they're trying to figure it out, but they basically they target one person immediately. And then the whole movie is just them trying to prove it's this one person. It kind of reminds me of The Burbs. Um, you know, like the, the Tom Hanks film from the 80s. Uh, it's I've never not, seen that movie. Really? It's super fun. Um, I think, I feel like it's Joe Dante, but I might be wrong. But think um, you're right. But I like that movie as a kid. It's not a great movie, but it's got humor and it's Tom Hanks. So, you know, as long as you like Tom Hanks, it's entertaining. Uh, I think your boy Corey Feldman's in it. Um, I feel like you like Corey Feldman. He <gasps> Kate.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was named after the Coreys. Yeah.
0: So, and, you know, I, um, I, this movie has that vibe, partly because of the suburb element, and then it's set in the 80s, and there's this suspicion that your neighbor's up to something. But uh, The Burbs plays it, I, I don't remember it dragging, or also there was an air of humor, and almost like Adam's Family-esque, vibe to it, um, this movie is, is very serious, and it, it goes to some places, but I don't want to spoil it in case, you know, because it is fairly new, uh, it's the same director for Summer of 84 as Turbo Kid, which was a Netflix kind of phenomenon a few years ago after Mad Max, it was like a, uh, Mad Max, Mad Max inspired, like, teenage coming of age story, um, I like Turbo Kid okay. It was uber violent, like super violent. Summer of 84 is not like that. Uh, In fact, tonally, I would say there's really nothing other than it being focused around kids. Um, I would say Turbo Kid and this movie have very little in common, uh, stylistically even, or at least not from my memory. I've only seen Turbo Kid once, to be fair. But um, yeah, I I, I didn't mean to talk so much about it. I'm feeling... I'm very on edge right now, and I don't know what it is, if it's this movie, if I've had too much coffee today, which is definitely a possibility, but, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's where I'm at right now. My head is, is kind of spinning, and I'm just like, I need, I need an outlet, but, um, so, yeah, uh, is there any other things you remembered, or any comments, or anything like that you want to get into?
1: uh i mean i don't know it i don't know about our listeners but uh a record company i really like called waxworks um they just released the burbs soundtrack on vinyl today and it's pretty beautiful if you like the burbs so but i haven't seen it yet but i just follow them and i always appreciate the like things that they put
0: out what what soundtrack the burbs oh oh from the movie i just talked about that's funny yeah that's a weird coincidence. Uh, <laughs> well, um, again, it's been a long time since I've seen the Burbs uh, in its entirety. I think I caught part of it on, like, basic cable a couple years ago, but I used to watch it as a kid. Um, it was a, a favorite of my, uh, like, neighbor and friend when I when we were growing up. Um, yeah, well, then, I think it's time to get into our review of Starry Eyes. Um... Corey picked this film, and Corey, I believe you said you just found this, like, on a list of, uh, horror movies or something?
1: You know, I totally, I don't, okay, so actually, sorry guys, I didn't mean to lie, <laughs> they, there was a, uh, I think that Waxworks, uh, released, like, released a soundtrack a couple years ago, and I think that's where I initially heard about it, but,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, um, Starry Eyes is, uh, we, we watched it on Vudu. Um, it was on sale with part of, they had a 3 for 13, I think, um, horror movie sale earlier this month. Uh, they've had a lot of great horror movies on sale. So we snagged uh, Starry Eyes.
1: 4 so far.
0: Yeah, um, actually, and then I bought one that was like 99 cents. Uh.
1: Oh, th- shit, yeah. So, 5. And I think that we're at not even $20, or right around.
0: Yeah, um or right at like twenty one or something like that. But uh Starry Eyes is directed by Kevin Kolsch and uh Dennis White Widmer Widmeyer, um and it's also written by them. Uh stars Alex Esso, Amanda Fuller, Noah Sagan, uh Fabian Therese, um, Shane Coffey, Natalie Castillo, uh our boy Pat Healy. I wish we were actually friends, but Pat like I like he shows up in some random stuff that I always tend to uh like him in them um nick simmons who is uh gene simmons son we found out last time which i can't even think of who that was in that movie ginkgo was he the the casting guy
1: um i'm thinking i'm wondering if he was the roommate he's the roommate guy oh,
0: yeah which... okay interesting um maria olsen who was the casting director mark center was the assistant casting director he had a very interesting like demeanor when he was talking um, and that's the bulk of the cast. There is another person who shows up who's older, but I don't know what his name is and can't find him. Um, is he the producer? Yeah, but I'm not seeing that pop up early.
1: Oh, Lois Des- Deseran.
0: Oh, okay. Um, or Louis, sorry. So the premise of this, uh, according to IMDb, a hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous origins of the Hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. Um, Corey, you picked it, so why don't you start us off? What would you think of Starry Eyes?
1: Um, I... So, I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I was going to message you and tell you I just couldn't. I can't finish it.
0: You did finish it, right? I did okay
1: but it was work (laughs) and I watched it in one sitting guys (laughs) oh Um, so I yeah I just didn't think I was gonna be able to finish it I have a problem with like body horror and I Uh. legit thought I was gonna throw up and like I just I just couldn't I covered my eyes for like at least, I I don't know, because when you're in the middle of things, it always seems longer than it really is. Mm-hmm. So it could have possibly been like 20 or 30 seconds, or it could have been like two minutes. I was just like, I'm covering my eyes, and I'm not opening them until I'm sure that it'll be done, because I just couldn't handle it. Um, I didn't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we can't get I, into specifics yet. Um, yeah, I but...
1: don't, I don't, uh, I don't think i will ever watch this again
0: i don't know well um i will say uh one i was confused with your wording so now i'm gonna need clarification did you dislike the movie or were you just disturbed by the movie
1: both um okay. i was kind of disappointed in the plot I, I didn't like the story i guess
0: okay um it's definitely got a point it's trying to make uh i don't know that it's a little on the nose um it's a little meta because it's it is a movie and it's kind of criticizing the film industry um and it's interesting because it it kind of it's ahead of its time in a little bit because the subject matter definitely ties into a lot of the new stories from 2018 dealing with hollywood producers um that this movie is 2014 so it's it's a few years ahead of Schedule with some of its commentary, although I don't feel like it makes the right message either. I feel like it goes the opposite direction as the the message should be implying. Yeah, which I'm trying not to spoil, but agreed. Um, I really thought Alex Esso uh, initially. I felt she was kind of wooden, and um, then as the movie went on, I thought she was pretty dynamic, and I actually really liked her as an actress. Um, I didn't dislike this movie. I did close my eyes several times because I am also not a big fan of body horror. Um, although at the same time, I am like because if you're looking to be bothered by a horror movie, body horror bothers me. Like I love The Fly, and a big I, part of it is because of the body horror.
1: I legit thought I was going to throw up.
0: There were this the, this movie gets pretty nasty at times, um, for sure, and it, it's a little. I don't want to say it's slow. Uh, It does feel like it it really waits to do anything. Like, there's a large chunk of this film where I didn't know what direction the horror element was going to come in. Um, As, like, was it going to be a supernatural story? Was it going to be um, a serial killer story? Was it going to be a revenge story? I I really wasn't sure what we were going to get. Um, Once it gets there, I'm still... I think I could probably answer that question now but it's it would still be slightly unclear um there are some really interesting elements there's some really st- uh, stupid elements again I feel like there's a uh, the message that is being put out there could be misconstrued and I might be misinterpreting or um maybe I haven't given it enough thought or maybe I'm giving it too much thought maybe there isn't a message maybe it's just a horror movie um but for the most part, I thought the performances were solid. Uh, the cinematography was was fine. Like There's nothing like this isn't a must see movie or anything like that, but it, I've seen worse. I've seen much worse horror movies this year. Uh, Slender Man's Worse, Truth or Dare. Oh my
1: god, my favorite movie of the year.
0: <laughs> Winchester, all, all worse. Uh, granted, this movie isn't from this year, but I'd much rather watch Starry Eyes than any of those th- three I just listed. Um, and on the other hand,. Uh, I don't know that I would want to endure this movie again because the body horror is pretty horrific, but I it's do want to get props. The special effects are solid with the body horror. Like,
1: I like, was uh, th- freaked who, out. Whoever their makeup artist is or mm. who did those, like, effects, oh my gosh, you did a great job.
0: Um, and th- there are some really cool sequences that I thought were super effective, which I'll wait to talk about in detail with spoilers. Uh, but, like, there was some cool stuff that I was... Uh, I was kind of surprised, and they this this movie um, does deal with sexuality quite a bit, and considering that the there is nudity in the film, but it's 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 held back for a long while, and I think once it happens, it it doesn't feel exploitative at all. Um, it actually it kind of makes a whole lot of sense when it happens, um, and I was I was kind of impressed by that because at first I thought this was like. It almost felt like it was going to be like a cheesy, like Cinemax horror movie, where it was just going to yeah. be for the nudity, and then it's not that. And I was I was impressed in a lot of ways, um, considering I knew nothing about this film. I, I in the end, I didn't. Uh, I definitely didn't regret watching it. Although there were a few moments where I was like, "This feels long," but um, obviously, Corey and I both have some mixed feelings on Starry Eyes, but. Uh, we will, we're going to get into some specifics. So Corey.
1: Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about the movie in great detail. Uh, so if you want to go check it out, do so. Otherwise, full steam ahead. You've been warned.
0: All right. So this movie is about Hollywood. Um, and our lead star, whose name is Sarah in the film, uh, played by Alex Esso. I'm, I hope I'm saying her last name, right? Um, she's not in a whole lot of other movies, um, but she's clearly trying to become an actress, uh, and I think she's solid. Like, I don't think she's amazing, but I, I thought she did good work.
1: She – um, I, I liked her, and I'm not trying to say – oh, she's from Saudi Arabia. Oh. Um, Not, like, talking badly about anyone's performance in this movie, that's not any – the thing that mm-hmm. I don't like about the movie is so simple. Yeah. But I thought she was really good, and I liked her, like – delivery seemed very natural i don't know
0: yeah yeah i i i agree actually i agree there's not any like major technical issues um i did have some issues with story and again with some of the themes and i'm that could be just me misinterpreting but ultimately it seems to say that um, the only way to get success in hollywood is to sell your soul um, and become something new uh very literally realized in this film as she uh I appears to give a producer oral sex and he apparently he his,
1: her mouth with maggots
0: yeah I well I guess his he appears to be like the leader of a cult or something it's very rosemary's baby in that way um mm-hmm. but not in the he doesn't rape her but he kind of like he forces himself, but she resists, and he, she leaves, and then comes back because she regrets it, um, but the scene that I, I was really kind of impressed with, because I thought they were going to be super exploitative, uh, she has her audition with, for this movie, and, um, she has this really creepy hair-pulling thing she does. Oh, Yeah, that, that freaked me out, like, bad. She does a great job selling it, and the sound effects, too, like, there's, like, a, it's almost like her oh. neck cracks, and um, she just pulls, like, wads of her hair out, and, uh, the scene, though, where she comes back to the second audition, and now they, they want her to strip naked, I was like, oh, no, and once she, like, goes along with it, I'm like, what are you doing, girl? But how they shoot the scene, because we don't see her naked there, um, we see literal flashes as it's, uh, they're taking pictures, um, and we get, like, a strobe light effect, which was, I, like, it was really bright, and, like, I had to, I actually had to close my eyes, for that, for a second, but I thought it was a unique way to shoot it, and her per- her performance during that scene because she's very upset, looking apprehensive, and then she really gets into it, and like you see, uh, her face changes, and it almost sounds like it's um, what's the word I want? Uh, like she's it sounds like she's having sex, <clears throat> like the sound that's the sound design, and um, it it's intense. It's you know it's telling about her willingness to do whatever it takes to make it as an actress, which is something she battles throughout the film. And, um, once she does that deed with the producer, that's when the body horror kicks in. And right away, even when like, she starts having like the sores on her lips and her nose is red. Like the makeup work is really strong. And I was really like, she looked like a different person right away and how everyone reacted to her. Um, It was intense. And then uh, she ultimately becomes, like, a murderer uh, for, you know, she has to kill, like, baptize in blood, I guess, in order to uh, be reborn.
1: That, yeah. I was really hoping, actually, that that was all going to be, like, her having a mental breakdown and Mm. trying to deal with what she's done to try to become successful and, like... I was hoping that it was, like, bulimia or something like that, but it uh, just, like, kept on with that storyline. So... <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, there appears to be, like, a cult. They don't really explain. There's just, like, followers. They have this symbol. It's, like, it's kind of a... It's not a pentagram, but it's, like, a five-sided star um, with a weird, like, line hanging out of the bottom of it. I don't know what that... I don't know if I'm supposed to write that. a lasso. It. I don't know. Was it a lasso or a nurse? I don't maybe? know. <laughs> um... But uh, there's like a burial, they bury her, and she's literally reborn, um, which is when the nudity kicks in. She's not shown naked, despite the sexuality and the sexual uh, acts, until she's reborn. And at that point, I don't think we're supposed to view her as a person anymore. So I think that's where it didn't feel exploitative. You know, like, the nudity wasn't sexual, the nudity was like, she is now a perfect being, she's been... Crafted, She's been sculpted. Um,
1: except she looks the same as she did before, except now she doesn't have hair and she has to wear a wig to have the hair that she had before.
0: And she has green eyes, though. Like, super piercing yeah. green eyes that are really beautiful. But uh, you're right. But I think the idea is that she's plastic. Like, she looks like a Barbie doll, you know? Um, there's, like, no flaws. Everything is perfect. Her eyes are unbelievably vibrant. Um, and... The baldness, I kind of felt like that's like why she looked plastic, you know, mm-hmm. like, um,
1: like a mannequin,
0: like a mannequin, and she was just now like her spirit was in this perfect body, this perfect actress, and I see the symbolism that they're going for again. I don't know that it's it's super well executed. It's kind of on the nose, um, but again, the body horror because there is a, there's a large sequence of body horror. So after. She has the uh, the oral sex exchange with the producer. She slowly gets sick, and she gets worse, and she's dying. There's this disgusting scene in the bathroom, um, with especially when like she, her she's like bleeding around her vagina area, and it's it's not necessarily. I I was grossed out. Well, so, like
1: that's why I thought that it was going to end up being her having like a breakdown because, sorry, listener, sorry, John, when you go through extreme stress like that, you can mess that up a lot. Yeah,
0: like, and, no, I mean, uh, again, I'm I mean, not I know saying you're a wife and a daughter, but yeah, I'm not some like naive guy who's like you, period. But I, I was like, it makes
1: me nauseous. Yeah,
0: it, well, there was like a, uh, I don't even want to describe it. It was gross. It wasn't just blood. It was something else. Um, and I wasn't sure if she was going to have a baby or something. See,
1: I was, like, that, like, that whole, like, what was it? Like, five, not, probably not even five minutes. I just, I don't know.
0: It was tough. And then there, there, the kill sequences, man. One of the kills, she uses a barbell, and it is flipping (laughs) brutal. They did a
1: pretty, I was impressed with that, actually, because I don't know what kind of budget they were working with. And anyways, I feel like that can be a hard thing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm oh, assuming I, I are... was
0: really pleasantly surprised with the effects in this movie. I, I thought the visuals were really strong when it came to the practicals. Um, it's super <laughs> violent uh, when when that scene happens, and it it takes a while to get there. There's a few little things. Um, there's a, her enemy, her rival, is a that little girl's
1: bit a bitch. yeah, she
0: really is, and like everyone else, just seemed like they didn't see it, and that bothered me because I'm like, how do you guys not hear? How passive-aggressive this other girl is. Like, she's totally rubbing it in Sarah's face. And she seems to only be, like, anti-Sarah. And then, like, later on, once Sarah finally, like, decides to to 100% commit to, like, the killing and stuff, does that girl seem nice? You know, did you notice that? You've got
1: to get you to the doctor! Yeah.
0: I was like, hold up. This movie's had me this whole time hating this girl. And now, like, she's being still a friend. still hated her yeah because you but at the same time she still seemed genuinely concerned and mm-hmm. um and even more like when sarah the last kill is her her roommate that felt like i'm like are you a vampire was she sucking the life out of her i <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure what that was and i did i don't know that the roommate deserved to be killed
1: No, she let you live there rent free for two months come on
0: yeah um but again, I I don't feel like this the story in this movie is not doing anything really compelling, and even the the allegory or the metaphor that the movie's going for is is you know it's whatever it, it's uh, it's obviously a, a long thought. Uh, apparently, for a long time, it was beyond tradition. It was it was uh, system systemic, and um, you know women were being basically told that the only way you're going to get this job is if you do these sexual things, and that. Is horrible, and thank goodness, finally, um, we are starting to try to change the way Hollywood is is ran. Uh, Obviously, it's a long time coming, but this movie, it doesn't seem to be condemning it. No. And that's the concern that I have with this film, is that, like, it's talking about a a topic that, again, um, even with the Me Too movement from this year, there's been a lot of statements about people have known these things. Like, Harvey Weinstein being the big one from this year. Wasn't it?
1: Um, also recently, I think it was Nicole Kidman who said that, um, being married to Tom Cruise was, you know, one of the biggest, or I can't remember her, like the words that she used, but being married to Tom Cruise kept her from being, mm. like, sexually harassed, you know. All, because of I who don't...
0: he was or whatever? Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that, but I, I'm glad it went that route because I was like, oh no, I like Tom Cruise. So
1: oh, it yeah. actually like no, a positive thing.
0: Yeah. Um. Wow. Um yeah, it it's 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 horrible what we've learned this year. And again, the the worst part is hearing that no people knew it was happening and just nothing was being stopped about it. And this movie it addresses that, but it, she she gets what she wants at the end. Like there's no apparent consequences. Well, now it's a horror movie. Horror movies don't always have to have happy endings, and no, even non-horror movies don't have to have happy endings. But uh it does seem to have a, a weird message. It's like, oh, let the let the evil men in Hollywood get what they want, and you'll get what you want. And I don't know if it's, you know, I don't get, you have to sell your soul, okay? You know, I don't know what message you're going for, especially, it's, it's a little weird when a filmmaker makes a movie that says that, because it's like, well, did you sell your soul in order to make this movie? Like, did you have to suck somebody's junk to to be able to pull this off like what it what is your point or is this the movie you made because somebody tried to do this to you and this is like your fu you to them I'm gonna do it anyways like I, I don't know enough about the filmmakers maybe there's context that we're missing here or again maybe we're putting too much thought into a movie that was you know I, I've never heard of this film before now um and no offense to them because again I, I think the performances are solid you know it's sad, because, like, you see movies like Slender Man and Tr- Truth or Dare and um, Winchester that all had, you know, big marketing, big budgets, theatrical releases. Not big budgets, they were all low budgets, but they all had big uh, theatrical releases, they were wide released, and I've never heard of Starry Eyes. And I'd say this is far better than those three specific big blockbuster horror movies. Uh, I still don't think this is an amazing horror film, but I do think uh, it it does a lot right, and it's... Um, if you like body horror, I think you can find a lot of joy in this. For Corey and myself, we both were forced fingernail, to look away. I was oh, I didn't watch the fingernail part. <gasps> you covered your up. eyes,
1: too. Me, uh, too. Yeah. But I'm, like, weird about, like, fingernails, mm-hmm. hair, and teeth. Like
0: Agreed. And two of those uh, are in this movie, the hair and the fingernails. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the fingernails. I saw it coming, and I was like, nope, 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 nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, and That's when I covered my eyes, and I don't really know how long it, you know.
0: I, I I looked away or closed my eyes a few times during that bathroom sequence when everything was like falling apart. I was like
1: the maggots, the maggots. Uh, oh, Come on, so gross. <clears throat>
0: um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough to make it through the end of that. Um, I was ready for it to be over, to say the least. Uh, not and again, not in a bad way. The, I think the movie got what it was going for. It. it I feel like it wanted me to uh, look away, and it it, it succeeded. I, I totally. Maybe they didn't
1: actually do anything in that scene because i knew everyone was going to look away
0: ah maybe the special Listeners, effects were so bad
1: get at us <laughs> or just cuts to a black screen
0: <laughs> yeah right like it's like Haha, it's pointing at you um so i uh i think i'm i have nothing else to really say about it i i was not uh, unimpressed nor was i over the moon about this film i i'm definitely kind of lukewarm on it um Again, I do think the special effects were pretty solid. Though. That's uh, that would be my <laughs> biggest compliment, and I thought the performances were, were good. Like I have no complaints for the, any of that. But same. Well, then with that, uh, we'll do our rating. I'll go first. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Not a total waste of time. Um, even though I I have owned, purchased this film, and that's usually one of the, the requirements for the other things. I bought this blind, um, and so I'm. And it was part of a set. It was just, you know, why not? Um, so I, I'm going not a total waste of time.
1: Uh, I was torn between that and a decent watch. Me too. Um, I won't ever watch this again because I don't like the feeling of nausea.
0: So I'll go with not a total waste of time. But yeah, there's definitely some redeemable things here. And again, yeah, there are. And I'm not
1: trying to say it yeah. all. Just only bad things.
0: Yeah, and, and again, uh, there's really nothing I have, like, I don't have a major complaint about anything either. I just, you know, other than maybe that, that message being misconstrued or, you know, unclear. Um, that concludes the month of horror uh, for October 2018. Next month in November, we're going to be looking at political movies, uh, with, you know, because it's voting time. And so our movies will have some type of connection to politics or uh, political agendas, something like that, and we're starting off with a classic that I'm pretty sure is on the AFI uh, Top 100 that I've been meaning to get to, and it's um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and I could be wrong, maybe it's not on the Top 100, but um, I feel like it should be because of the uh, the, the pedigree that this movie has. Um, my One of my favorite actors, James Stewart, uh, Gene Arthur, Claude Rains, Edward Arnold, Guy Gipp Uh, kippy thomas mitchell who's also in a bunch of great stuff eugene pallet uh it's another frank capra film i am a big fan of uh, it's a wonderful life uh movie came out in 1939 it's just over two hours at two hours and nine minutes um has a 73 metacritic score imdb 8.2 i have uh, i attempted to watch this on um tmc a while ago but the commercial breaks made it like too challenging to sit through (laughs) <laughs> so, I've been aiming to get back here. Um, Corey, have you ever uh, seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington?
1: I have not, but I was just thinking that it's 80 years old.
0: That's pretty crazy. Um, that said, uh, that's what we're going to be watching next week. Um, Corey, I don't know if you've heard the news, but I was checking, uh, I don't always check my Yahoo email, but I get a lot of like, a lot of my subscription services and stuff go to that email. So, I just, it gets like flooded with emails. Mm-hmm. Um, But I checked it today, and I had an email from the Criterion Channel uh, from Filmstruck. (laughs) Did you hear about Filmstruck?
1: Uh, That they're taking it off of uh, Warner and another.
0: The the Filmstruck is gonna be gone. Filmstruck. Oh, I
1: thought it was. Oh, I thought it was just off of those two services.
0: I believe those two services own Filmstruck. Um, Oh, and they're shutting it down. Those the Criterion Channel. That was my understanding from them, and then I saw uh, Chris Evangelista. From Slash Film posted that he was um, forgot that they were closing FilmStruck and was uh, when he remembered he was struck by sadness again, and we had some issues with FilmStruck when we first started this podcast where they they charged Corey for two separate accounts and um, like and it was, we
1: couldn't I, I couldn't access movies to watch it told me that mm-hmm. my account wasn't active and.
0: Yeah, so we canceled uh, because of of all the the nonsense. Not to mention, it was not available to stream on many TVs unless you had very specific things. Um, so, like you were having to watch movies on a computer. So, which a lot of the streaming services that's their limitations. Um, but uh, it is a little sad because I'm hoping Criterion will find like I, I to me I I think they should Criterion channels should just be part of the Amazon's channels because Amazon has like built in channels with Prime where you can subscribe to HBO or Stars or Showtime through and Amazon. It's like, just or, do Criterion right there. Like,
1: why couldn't they do it as, like, one of the Roku channels?
0: Yeah, well, and I bring this up um, mainly because Mr. Smith Goes to Washington uh, is definitely a Criterion type of movie. And I'm not, I'm looking right now to see where we're going to be able to watch this without having to uh, buy Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to be on Netflix, because this is the type of thing that you're only going to see on those, uh, like, movie or um, maybe Tribeca Shortlist, which we've had, you know, I've liked some of those uh, streaming services, but the, everybody's getting a streaming service now. And um, it's, it's getting hard to keep up with all of them because it costs money to have all these different services. And, like, you know, uh, Disney's going to be starting their own streaming service in 2019. DC uh, Comics just launched their own streaming service. And... Um, you know, it's getting, it's getting overwhelming with all these different services. Uh,
1: I mean, at least you can curate what you actually want instead of paying like $100 a month for, you know, uh, not, it's not even satellite anymore. What is it? <laughs> Maybe it is satellite. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But it
1: is getting to where it it's just, you know what I mean? It's getting where it's already costing so much anyways.
0: <laughs> True. Um but on the side, uh, it does not appear to be streaming on any service right now, um, so if you're going to watch uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, you're you're either going to have to make a purchase or a rental um, from one of the various streamers. It is, like, online, it's just not included with any uh, subscription services, so you'll have to uh. rent or um, buy, and uh, yet it's one that I feel like is probably worth it. Um, it looks like it's affordable, under 10 bucks to own right now oh. on most of the digital platforms. So and it's a classic film. Um, I I am looking forward to finally checking this one off my list. So our next episode of Movie Club will be watching Mr. Smith Goes to Washington um, and uh, discussing our new month of politic-driven films. Um, until then, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox. Uh, Corey,
1: I'm at Corey R Star. Two R's on the end.
0: And uh, we have a couple of episodes of Top 5 Movies have come out. Um, I got to interview a young author. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, Corey, but I interviewed an author. Uh, he wrote a book called Caravan. Okay. Uh, it's going to be coming out on um, digital platforms with Barnes & Noble and Amazon and also uh, paperback copies, I believe, at both of those stores in the next couple of months. Um, the uh, He had reached out to me about doing the podcast, and I was excited because I, I haven't been really looking for interviews, but if they come to me, or if I, you know, happen upon an opportunity, I'll, uh, I'll take them up on it, so I I was like, you know, I'm a movie podcast, but we can talk about your book, and then um, if you're willing to talk about your favorite movies, then we can get into that, and we had a really good conversation, but um, the thing that shocked me the most, I didn't, I don't usually ask the age of the people I'm going to interview, but I noticed in his bio that he started writing this book, Caravan, when he was 13, Holy heck. And so I was like I have to ask how old this guy is because I doubt he's been writing this book for 20 years or something, you know. And sure enough, uh he is just out of high school. He's 18 years old. Um and uh quite a head on his shoulders from my my uh conversation with him. So, um that episode of Top 5 movies is out uh at this point. It came out this past Thursday. Um if you haven't listened to it, please do. He uh Adam DeColobus is his name. A uh, really fun conversation with him. Um, the week before we did our top five space movies and Corey and I reviewed the exorcist from 1973. Um, and the last thing I want to plug, uh, I do a couple other podcasts, um, bloody awesome movie podcasts. There should be a new episode coming out very soon where Matt Hudson from what I watched tonight. UK. And I discuss the movies from October that we saw. Um, and then uh, a movie. I do a podcast with him on his "What I Watch Tonight" podcast um, called "Movie Astrology," and we just uh, we cover a year in film uh, randomly chosen. And this last episode we just did was from 1962. That's the episode's not from there, but that was the year that we uh, we talked about the movies that came out that year. Uh, we look at the top ten highest grossing films of the year, the Academy Awards winners of that year. Um, and also just some general facts about the year to kind of set up the context of what was going on in the world. And uh, at the end of the episode, I write a horoscope based on usually the number one movie of the year. And this year's uh, that year's movie was Lawrence of Arabia, which if you haven't seen Corey, the picture that Matt photoshopped, I did. Of us, I
1: died. I didn't know who made it. It's yeah, so good.
0: It's so good. Um, we do. We pose for the pictures. Uh, like I mean, I took a selfie of in that pose at a movie theater waiting for uh, the oath to start. Um, I was alone for a few minutes before other people showed up. So I was like taking selfie after selfie, trying to match the pose from the original image. And I I think Matt and I nailed it. Um, If you, if you get a chance, take a look at movie astrology, uh, cover art for 1962 and see. um, I
1: feel like. You guys just need to have posters printed and, like, yeah. give you know, sell them to the Patreons.
0: Yeah, we might have to do something like that, because this particular one, Matt nailed the uh, the Photoshop. Um, the next episode, uh, Matt's already got a plan for our Photoshop. I'm not super thrilled because of my role in this next picture, but it'll be very <laughs> no. funny um, for sure. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, subscribe to those podcasts, uh, rate and review our podcast. It helps us get new listeners and... Um, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into this, so we appreciate a- any feedback that you want to give. Uh, Corey, until the next episode, um, ha- keep it real. Bye. And everybody out there listening to our podcast, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just
1: lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from
0: all good podcast providers. This has been a Berk Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.